0: I'm Dr. Nadine Gonzalez-Ajesus, president of San Antonio College, and today we are speaking with Dr. Leticia Duncan-Brosnan, director district-wide of the Student Advocacy Network, and with Natalie Riojas, grant project director of PATH.
1: Welcome back to Front and Center, where we talk about San Antonio College news, events uh, going on on campus, trends in higher education, and the community, because we are the community. joined here this morning with Dr. Nadine Gonzalez de Jesus, San Antonio College president. Good morning.
0: Good morning, Hudmastered. How are you today?
1: I'm, I'm having a blast. I'm loving it. Yes. Life is good.
0: Indeed. It is good. It is so good that we actually have two very special guests with us this morning.
1: Yes, we do.
0: Hi, good morning. My name is
2: Natalie Riojas. I'm the PATH program director. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for this
3: invitation, Dr. Gonzalez de Jesus. We're very happy to be here. I am Dr. Leticia Duncan Brosnan, and I am the district wide director of the Student Advocacy Network. I work with the five advocacy centers, and I also work with our director of the PATH
0: program. PATH what is PATH for foster youth?
2: Path stands for partnering, assisting, transforming for higher education. So we are part of a larger network with Bear County, so BCFES, which is Bear County Fostering Educational Success. We're part of a countywide grant, and we also are partners with Texas A and M San Antonio, UTSA, CASA, which is Child Advocacy San Antonio, and then also the College Bound Docket.
0: That's amazing. And what is exactly that we do with our students once they get to us from PATH or through PATH?
2: Our students do need to be utilizing the Tuition and Fee Waiver Letter through the State of Texas. Um, All of our foster and adopted youth who are eligible will receive a waiver through the Department of Family and Protective Services. That is where we create our caseload and we get that from financial aid. Once we identify them, we will do a lot of outreach and make sure that they know that there is a program specifically designed for them. We conduct an intake, a service needs assessment, to make sure that they are aware of all of the resources and services here on campus, as well as other additional resources that they are eligible for. Then we also do specialized programming. We um, give them all of these really great resources, and then they're eligible for an additional pot of emergency funding through the grant. As long as they've locked in their tuition and fee waiver letter, there is no age. Some of the other resources in the community or through the state or through federal funding, they do have an age restriction. So it's maybe sometimes 18 to 24 or 18 to 25. As long as they're using their waiver, there's no
0: age. They've already locked it in. I see. Leticia, could you tell us a little bit about the type of work that you're doing right now with our network?
3: Yes. Definitely. So one of the things that we're doing right now, um, we received two large grants, a Trellis Foundation grant and a Coordinating Board grant to work on mental health. And so with all our advocacy center directors, our counselors, we are working on establishing mental health support for all our students. First, that started with assessment, um, and we did the Healthy Mind survey. And this September, we will have a convening of our counselors and our directors and our deans to talk about a strategic plan on mental health support. We also, as you know, for advocacy, we provide food support in the sense of pantries, pop-up markets, and we also provide food bank navigators to help our students to complete SNAP and WIC and CHIP applications. And all of the navigators are housed at each of the advocacy centers. Um, We also have clothes closets, and we also have various community resources. For example, we partner with the food bank, with CPS Energy, with some of our community resources, we have space available for them to be able to come and support our students through referrals.
0: That's wonderful. And I'm wondering if you could talk a bit about the linkage between
3: your two roles. So my position is, of course, Mm district-wide and working with the five advocacy directors. And Natalie and the PATH program also are part of our network. We have a PATH advocate, as Ms. Rio has mentioned, at each one of the advocacy centers. It was really important to have the advocate at each of the advocacy centers so that all the students, it would be natural for them to take advantage of the resources. They don't have to go across campus. They don't get lost in referrals. So the advocate will do the intake, the assessment of the student, and then they will actually um, refer them to the services that are within the advocacy center.
0: I see. A PATH advisor will be able to help anyone that is a foster youth or adopted youth. That's correct. Between the ages of? 18 and up. Yes. I see, I see. I've noticed that in the field of foster youth, there is a gap right now, and that gap has been there for quite some time, right? Once they age out, for example, once they are done with high school, the opportunities are there but they don't necessarily understand where exactly to go in order for them to access those resources. And that is what we hear from one of our students who are uh, part of the PATH foster youth. Her name is Liz. Let's hear a bit about what she has to say.
4: I'm Liz, and I'm currently attending St. Philip's College, and my major is cybersecurity. I've always been interested in like the specs of computers, phones, I've always compared consoles, I love video games, and my grandfather, he also used to do coding for the PD in El Paso, and then moved on up to the DEA. He always told me, like, Liz, computer language, if you know that, you could do anything, go for it. I'm from everywhere, I moved around a lot. I was born in Chicago, I was in Houston. I ended up losing my foster home, got influenced by the wrong people and ended up having to couch hop, moving around a lot. And then eventually I moved back in with my grandparents. I went there mainly to save my money and I also wanted to get back into school. I was really wanting to go back to San Antonio because I had a friend tell me about the program and she's like, hey, you can get into a SEAL, talk to the Through project because they can help you with housing throughout your college. I need to do that if I want to better my future and myself. It took like six months, but I was able to get into the Through project, into my own apartment. And then I found out about the PATH program and my path advocate, Michael De La Cruz. He helped me so much. He would always call, check, make sure I had all I needed for my classes. Me and Mercedes, we actually host a couple of mental health webinars. We also do financial literacy webinars, but we also attend the Friendsgiving and the Christmas events. It's a great spot to just mingle. You'll meet people that you know have been through the same stuff you have been through. Only 3% of foster youth actually use the tuition and fee waiver. It's very little, right? It should be more common for people to take advantage of this great benefit but a lot of people don't know about it a lot of people don't know they qualify and most people when they turn 18 and age out the system they don't know that they qualify for tuition and fee waiver they don't know that they have extra resources for housing and extra support so they're left kind of scared you know what i mean they don't know what to do or where to go once i came here to san antonio i had so many people understand i didn't have to over explain myself or give too much information they already knew and they said hey we get it it was really good for me, and I probably would not be here in college if it wasn't for the PATH program. Wow, what a testimonial. Yes. What are your thoughts about that? So, you
3: know, um, we are very excited about this grant. We're going into our fifth year, and um, lots of success at Community in San Antonio with the Bear County Fostering Educational Success Grant. And this has brought so much opportunity and services to students who, College was never an idea, a possibility. And these resources have allowed our students to not only be successful, but to complete their certificates, to complete their associates, and to transfer. Um, We have access to a great researcher who, this is her specialty, is Dr. Megan Peel. And, you know, her research shows that very few foster youth graduate from college. And part of this grant, we want to make a difference, and we want to change that.
0: That's amazing. One of the things that uh, Liz said was, many of us don't know that the resources are there. And my question is, where exactly, if I were to be a foster youth, where would I have to go to in order for me to apply to access the resources?
2: That's going to be through... the Department of Family and Protective Services. So usually if there is a child protective service case, then their caseworker would let them know that they are eligible for these services. But we are also working with the ISDs to get more awareness out to the youth. So there's a CLIMB program through BCFES that they target the middle school and high schoolers before they get to aging out of care so that they are aware of these resources. But another issue is that even if they're aware of the resources, they're getting released from these residential treatment centers. They are being kicked out. They're saying, you're an adult, you've aged out, and now you're on your own. So
0: what do we do with those who actually, they slip through the cracks, mm-hmm. right? They're already in the system. But once they turn 18, the list of foster youth is so long that right. they have to let them go. They have to say, you've been here for too long. We love you. We want to help you more. However, we have to make room for others, right? So, so what happens to those when the counselors themselves cannot help the foster youth who are about to age out? Where can... Can a foster youth go to on their own in order for them to access the resources?
2: That's one of the biggest issues. Is because there's a lack of funding. So there's the through project, which is actually assisting Liz. Their only identifier is that they had to have been part of the foster care community, um, and then they would help them with that housing resource. But their list is a mile long as well, and they have limited funding. So it's really trying to find funders and research how to get more grants specifically for our foster youth.
0: So as a foster youth, I can go to
2: The Through Project. You can come to any one of the Alamo Colleges, get resources. We can refer you to Housing First. And through the leadership of Dr. Leticia Duncan-Brosnan, we've been working with Opportunity Homes, which used to be San Antonio Housing Authority. Um, They're working on another contract to get even more vouchers to help our students get into some form of housing.
0: They can also attempt to access our website at ksym.org. And then they can click on San Antonio College. And then right after, after that, it'll link them to PATH Foster Youth. Now, again, that is KSYM.org. And then you're going to click on our...
1: San Antonio College College,
0: link. And then right after that, it'll right go after to... That,
1: we're going to have a link readily available for Excellent. students. Excellent. Uh, yeah, Excellent. I didn't know about this program. I was giving a tour, and, and usually I ask, you know, well, where are these students from? And they'll tell me what high school. And right. uh, I didn't know about the PATH program, and and I can't imagine i don't think many can imagine what it's like to not to be in that situation to be a foster youth from not having a support net not having someone there to fall back on and i was hearing liz talk about the the advocates uh that the foster youth connect with
0: absolutely i mean when you really think about this hot Master, you're talking about young adults who lack housing food and clothes So when you think about it that way, they're lacking the most important things that you need in order for you to be able to thrive. You need food, you need a roof over your head, and you need to close yourself. And when you don't have that... When you don't have those things, that is where the PATH Foster Youth Office comes into play. They are here and they're ready to help you. They're here to ensure you have the resources that you need to succeed. We also have a student by the name of Mercedes, and she is going to share with us her experience as part of PATH. My name is Mercedes. I go to
5: UTSA and my major is finance. I moved here about a year ago and I was former foster youth. I was looking for jobs and I learned about PATH program just in an email. Um, I met with my advocate and I told her my story, how I moved here on my own from Ohio and she offered me a job and an internship with PATH, so I've been with them for a year. My foster youth advocate really cared about my grades. Cassie was amazing. She was super caring. She was stationed at SAC. She is now um, a stay-at-home mom, but she really cared, and all the advocates deeply, deeply care about their kids. They make sure to text them and email them, and if they're not hearing from them, they want to know, like, hey, are you okay? Are you good? They had lots of events and I was introduced to different partnerships. So PATH is just that perfect partner and like it really does cater towards your needs and that's part of the intake that they do is to figure out what, what you really, really need to support you. My journey at SAC was really a positive one because of Cassie. I finished my um, degree in a year and I did, like, 18 to 24 credit hours, and any time that I was, like, stressed out, she was always there for me. Um, any of the team was. Like, our director, Natalie, I could, she was just an email away, and she would just sit down and talk to me and, like, really encourage me. Um, and because of them, I was able to, like, maintain, like, almost like a 4.0. And there was times, again, when I was just super stressed out, and they were all... All of them, like as a team, were just like, we're doing a great job, you're doing so good. We're really proud of you, just making you feel very proud and very good, and that's what they do for all their students. And they also host things like, if it's your birthday, they'll get you a little gift. We have Friendsgivings, we celebrate holidays together. Just lots of events throughout the year that they can really
0: come and connect with, not only their advocate, but their peers as well. Wow. So she's talking about relationships. Connections and a lot and a lot of what networking. We have the highest enrollment,
3: about five hundred students of foster and adopted youth across the five colleges.
1: And that's more in the, the entire state of Texas. In the state of Texas, five hundred. That's we amazing. average about
0: five hundred um, every academic year. That's great. So when you're saying you average about five hundred each year. I'm wondering what is the retention rate? How many of those actually stay with us year after year until they're done? So in the
3: last year, um, we looked
0: at the data, and we had about
3: 77 students um, who completed degrees and certificates, Mm -hmm. and that's huge. Um, Spring alone, you had 41 students that graduated with a certificate or a degree. Mm -hmm. Then the national is 3%. So we're doing a great job here at Alamo Colleges. That's great. We also have our top um, transfer schools.
2: Yes, so we have, um, our students are going
0: to UTSA, Texas A&M, and San Marcos. That's good. So could you tell us a bit about some of the stats of the students uh, that we serve? Yes. So
3: um, when all our students come in for advocacy, we do an assessment of the students. And 66% of our students are utility insecure. 62% are food insecure. And we have about 60% that are housing insecure. And when regards to mental health, especially during COVID, that went up to 49%. And we have about 43% of our students who are seeking resources for medical and health care. And so we do partner with our Wellness 360 program here at Alamo Colleges, where all our students can receive reduced health care. How long has PATH been within the district? So we have completed four years, and we're going into our fifth year, and we received the good news
0: that we received two years additional funding. So if you want to donate, simply go to alamo.edu slash PATH, that is alamo.edu slash P-A-T-H, and click on Give to PATH. This is Front and Center, recorded at the KSYM
2: Studios on the San Antonio College campus. Front and Center is available on Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and airs Monday mornings at 8.30 on KSYM 90.1 FM in San Antonio. More information on front and center is online at ksym.org.